myself. My name is Ron. James Bond is looking at you, kid. The force will be with you always. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're gonna need a bigger boat. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephen Saria, and I'm joined by my co-host, John Keg. John. Stephen. What's up? Hello. Big weekend this weekend. No, it wasn't. Really? <laughs> nothing Nothing big came out this weekend? Um, No. Just like the UFC fights. That's, that's like the only thing. Oh, that is true. Again. That is true. We're actually, uh, well, if you're listening, we're transitioning into a uh, sports podcast. So, if you're not we into only sports, talk, uh, UFC podcast actually. Yes, UFC podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I kind of want to redo the opening segment, but fuck it. <laughs> no, keep this going. <laughs> so big weekend this weekend. One division season finale or series finale actually. So there's uh, no more WandaVision now. WandaVision series finale, uh, Ryan the Last Dragon released. Was it this weekend that Tom and Jerry released, or was it that last weekend? I think it was last weekend. It was last weekend. Yeah, this weekend was... Uh, oh, this weekend was Raya and the Last Dragon, which we will be talking about later on in this episode. Chaos Walking, the new Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley film, which I have not seen yet. I don't know if you've seen Chaos Walking. I have not seen it yet. No, I'm actually down to go see it this week if you're about. I might be about. I've heard it's really bad though. I mean, fuck it, let's do it. Um, Boss Level came out, which is the new Hulu movie, I think. Where that it's like another Groundhog Day type film, and uh, Coming to America, the new the Coming to America sequel with Eddie Murphy, which I also heard is really bad. I heard the bloopers at the end or whatever are funnier than the movie. Really? Yeah. I actually saw a tweet, maybe it was in reference to that, that was like, you could tell the quality of a movie by watching the bloopers after movies. Uh, if the actors look like really happy and are, are laughing and shit like that, uh, it means the movie is usually really bad. And if the actors look like really miserable and tired and shit, usually the movie is really good. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I was thinking, and I think that's actually pretty accurate, unless you're talking about the Rush Hour movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the Rush Hour movies are an exception to that rule. Those movies look like so much fun to make. They really did. But I was thinking, I was like, you know, when you watch like Jackie Chan movies like uh, Police Story and and Drunken Master, they, they show bloopers. Or not really bloopers, but more like behind-the-scenes filming and stuff. And, dude, the actors look so exhausted. I can only think about how many times it took them to film like a particular scene. And... Like just how many times they've done the same exact thing over and over and over again. Well, you know, and then what comes you watch a mind? movie like, what? Oh, well, I'm sorry, continue. And then you watch a movie again, like Coming to America, and everyone's like having the time of their lives, just fucking up lines, <laughs> left yeah. and right. Well, what comes to mind for me is like, um, we had posted a video a couple months ago, maybe over a year ago, actually, of a. Uh, behind-the-scenes footage of the making of Captain America Winter Soldier. 
and it was showing like the choreography, the fight choreography with like Bucky and Steve, and you know, like you could tell in the video, like the actors like mad tired, you know what I mean? But then I remember seeing um, bloopers from Age of Ultron, and you know, it was like what you were saying. Everyone was like super like laughing and making all these jokes and all that stuff, and you know, that's to a lot of people like probably the worst, one of the worst. Uh, Marvel movies, it is the worst Avengers movie. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, I feel like you're kind of right on that. Like, you know, if you look tired and shit, that movie's about to be a fucking banger. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, again, like, if you're listening to this, don't think that, you know, a happy production means <laughs> it's going to be a bad movie. Like, that's not what we're saying at all. It's just a funny tweet that uh, I think if if you look into it too much, obviously you're going to debunk it, but well, yeah, I feel like it's a lot of factors. Like, I feel like it also depends on like the director. If the director knows how to have a good time and, you know, get these performances out of his actors while also, you know, being charming and having a good time laughing, then, you know, it's an A plus production there. Yeah. I mean, that is true. So out of all of those films, we only watched the WandaVision season finale, which we're going to be talking about right away. And we are going to be talking about it with spoilers. So if you haven't seen the WandaVision series finale, uh, go ahead and skip to where we talk about Raya. Because we will be talking about Raya and the Last Dragon a little bit later on in the episode. So do you want to just get into it right now, John? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so WandaVision uh, series finale was this weekend, episode 9. Pretty uh, highly anticipated, don't you think? Oh, yeah. A lot of, uh, also a lot of theories went out the window. Oh, absolutely. It took a, a huge shit on probably every major theory that had been circulating on the internet the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, especially on a lot of ours, too. Because I think we were, we had a lot of really good ones that I think we thought we were sort of on the right track in predicting or trying to predict how the show is going to play out until, you know, obviously the very last episode came around and really debunked everything. But, I mean, I would, again, I would rather, you know, the film do something like that than be predictable, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I think Marvel played it safe. You know what I mean? Instead of taking crazy chances in the last episode i mean i think the entire show they took some good chances and it worked out for them like this whole sitcom thing like a lot of people were very turned off by that but it ended up being you know really well done um but yeah i think the the, the, the finale was definitely played safe but i thought it was good enough i thought i had a, i had a good time watching it um i think that if you go into it without much without many expectations you're gonna walk out satisfied a lot of people were disappointed by it because they had these insane theories and expectations for this movie that don't pan out, like Nightmare and Mephisto. I mean, it wasn't just those that that got shit on, though. What, those theories you're saying? Yeah. What else? Like, I mean, again, well, I said spoilers a long time ago, so. Oh, yeah, we're, just, um, we're getting into this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no Doctor Strange at all. Which, Which was honestly kind of a, su- a surprise. That to me was the most surprising. Well, the s- second most surprising thing. 
of the episode. I'll get to what I think was more surprising a little later, but I don't want to say it was disappointing, but it was def- that was probably the one thing that I thought for sure was going to happen, and we spoke about that a lot on the show. We really campaigned the idea of Strange showing up eventually on the show. We spoke about that a lot. We, You and I both thought that it was literally a done deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we all... We all saw it coming. Um, we know Benedict is game. You know what I mean? Like, if he was asked, I'm I'm 99% sure he would have been like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, especially with all the news, you know, surrounding the show and it tying into, you know, oh, Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man 3, we thought it was pretty much a given he was going to show up. He doesn't, which I'm not going to complain about. Because I do appreciate the show sort of telling its own story rather than setting up a bunch of different ones. Yes, so I like, that's that's actually what I appreciated the most out of this. Yeah, I like how it was a, a little bit more self-contained. I think that's really refreshing, especially from a, a Marvel film where we're so accustomed to seeing multiple Avengers. Because if you think about it, when was the last time we had a movie... That was truly a solo Avengers movie. Maybe like Iron Man 3, maybe? I don't remember if any Avengers show up in Iron Man 3. But not not counting not, not counting the Guardians movies. I don't think you should count Spider-Man in that either. Far From Home, Why? I kind of feel like was a little... Nick Fury was in Far From Home. I Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, you know what I'll I mean? Count like, that, yeah. Like, there were no other Avenger presence in WandaVision besides, you know, Wanda and Vision. Yeah. And it was their own story, you know? Yeah. So I, I really did appreciate I really did appreciate it in that sense. Now, I'll talk about the good things from the finale because I really don't have many complaints. You know, I thought the finale itself was strong. And I think it capped off, you know, a really well put together series. As you guys know, I was a big fan of WandaVision since the very beginning. I think the story it told, while I expected it, you know, more or less to go in a certain direction, I did not expect such a strong and moving depiction of, you know, grief and how so much loss can really affect a person especially in a marvel movie you know it's not really a theme you would expect to be touched upon so much in a superhero film you know besides maybe like you know a batman film or something but much less from an mcu film which has a reputation of being a little bit more you know lighthearted and maybe kid friendly but there were a lot of moments in this series that really captured uh, these strong emotional beats that not a lot of other Marvel movies have. You know what I mean? I think they went into this production like <clears throat> they're made it PG or PG thirteen, like enough, but you know, they make everything with the kids in mind, but I feel like this one they kinda didn't have the kids in mind because there's so many themes that they were going over, like love and grief, like you said. Uh, that kids wouldn't really understand. 
not that they were getting into anything dark because it really wasn't that dark of a show. I mean, you know, Wanda's tra- life is it, it is a tragedy. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it there's no way around it. She's easily the most tragic character in the MCU. You know? Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it, they, they didn't like this show. Definitely didn't have the kids in mind when they made it. They made it PG thirteen enough, but um, I actually like that about this because we are going over themes like you said that we've we're not experienced with with uh, with Marvel. Yeah, it's something you, you like you know Marvel has never really touched upon and Wanda always felt like the little sister of the Avengers that didn't really get the screen time she deserved. And I'm glad that we got a show, not a movie, a show, four four and a half hours dedicated to exploring and developing her character and emotions further and really showing us the potential of her powers. You know, it's no secret to Marvel fans how strong Wanda really is. You know, I mean, we've seen in Endgame when she almost solos Thanos, uh, you know, until he calls upon that rocket strike on the entire battlefield. So we know just how strong Wanda really was. I mean, but we didn't think about it know. too. That, that, um, you know, that situation and she was strong enough to destroy or possibly... Or no, she did destroy an Infinity Stone. Yeah, true. That's, I mean, dude, I think I think she's the only character that. who we have seen, you know, destroy a stone pretty much unassisted. I mean, think about it. Thanos fucked himself up destroying the stones. Well, he did destroy five. Or I six. know, but I'm just saying, like, she can do that with just her powers... Like, we're, we were barely tapping into how powerful she is. Yeah, true. And now seeing, you know, the full extent of the potential she has, I think is really exciting. You know, her finally receiving the moniker of the Scarlet Witch in last episode. And it's sort of expanding on it a little more, especially in the post-credit uh, scene, which really had me excited. I'm really excited that the Scarlet Witch is finally coming out and that Wanda... Like, it feels almost like the Wanda Maximoff story has been told and now we're seeing the Scarlet Witch story begin to unfold. You get what I'm saying? 100%. I agree. Like, I wrote a review uh, on WandaVision, uh, which will be live by the time you guys are listening to this. Wink, wink. Uh, Wink, wink. No, we we, we did mention it last episode, though. Okay, okay. I was like, wait, I had to like... (laughs) I was doing like the Jimmy Neutron thinking shit just to like I was like wait did we actually talk about this um what was I saying uh your review I forgot the point that I was trying to get at (laughs) I'm not even lying no I'm not even lying I forgot the point that I was trying to get at I was Hmm. talking about Scarlet Witch the story of Wanda is told and we're now getting okay, into yeah, Scarlet okay. Witch. Thank you, thank you. So it really feels like Wanda... <laughs> like, this is the Scarlet Witch origin story that the Wanda Maximoff character has been building towards. You get what I'm saying? Like, we've had four movies. Was it four movies? Yeah, yeah it was Age of Ultron like Civil War. appearances, yeah. Yeah. Of Wanda Maximoff, and now we're getting, you know, the Scarlet Witch, quote-unquote, origin, which is exciting. 
you know, I think after WandaVision, she's probably in my top four MCU heroes right now. Yeah, I think she's. I think she made her way into my top three. I would. I would probably put her third, behind Tony and Strange. Yeah, I mean, Ooh, maybe second. I might have to put her above Strange to be honest. I, I think I might too. And I, there's a lot of things this episode does that made me like her more. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, just off the bat, when when um, Agnes said, "Like you're even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme," I was like, "Oof." Yeah, that was a great moment. That was a great little nod. Yes, I love that. If you don't know, the Sorcerer Supreme is um, is Doctor Strange. A lot. You know, that, a, that reference really flew over a lot of people's heads. Uh, many people's heads, yeah. I mean, I was watching it with three other people, and I'm pretty sure all three of them were like, who? Because I was like, oh, oh, shit. Like, I said it like out loud. Like, I gasped. <laughs> and everyone else was like, wait, who's that? I'm like, oh, it's Doctor Strange. It's like, a, you know, one of his titles, I guess. And they were like, ah, oh, okay. So. I mean, that was the first reference in the episode we got of Doctor Strange, actually. Yeah, that's, and when they did that, I, I, I really thought that he would pop up at some point. Like, Same. I, I didn't need him to save, to save Wanda. Like, I, I was really hoping that he wouldn't do that. I wanted Wanda to save the day, you know, or or save herself. You know what I mean? I don't think that she needs someone to come in and, and assist her. Um, mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool, but I wanted him to pop up at some moment, you know, preferably towards the end, post-credit scene, maybe. That'd have been fine. Um, but yeah, really shocked that he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it it is what it is. Uh, one thing I'm I'm really glad that Wandavision did, and I think it did it rather well, was portraying and developing uh, the relationship between Wanda and Vision, because it becomes apparent very apparent by the time Avengers Infinity War comes out that these two characters are in love. But you never really see that relationship blossom throughout the film. So while they do do a good job of selling it in Infinity War, you know, that scene where Wanda kills Vision uh, is a very emotional scene. I can't help but think that it would have hit much harder... And it probably will now when we watch Infinity War after watching Endgame. It would have hit much harder, you know, if they had spent more time developing this relationship. I think but, like one more movie, um, you know, an Avengers or, you know, even them popping up with someone's solo movie. Like one more movie of just a few minutes of, of screen time for them would have been probably enough for us to have more of a, you know, feeling towards that moment. Yeah, and I mean, they do have a, a, a lot of little moments, especially in, in Civil War and in, towards the beginning of Endgame. I mean, the beginning of Ultron, Infinity like, they have, like, it's, you know, very brief, but they have, like, you know, two or three, you know, five-second... Do they interact in Age of Ultron? Yeah, and there's that one scene where I think Wanda was, like, destroying Ultron's heart while the city was about to blow up or whatever, and Ultron, or Vision you know, realizes that Wanda was still in there and, like, quickly, you know, is, like, flies through, gets, turns invisible and shit, and is able to grab her, and, like, they, like, make eye contact, like, in a really 
you know, I, I kind of figured what they were trying to do with that eye contact when I saw the film. Um, but they make like a, a very, you know, comforting eye contact with each other. And then he saves her, like he flies her out of the city and then I think it blows up or whatever. Um, but there are, I think there's another instance where they interact, but it's nothing. It's just very brief, but like you could tell that they were trying to, you know, throw in a little something, something. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I wish it was developed a little more before Infinity War. Again, I understand that it's like, okay, but where are we going to fit that in? Well, they should have just cut out all the fucking scenes with, uh, with Scarlett Johansson and, uh, Mark Ruffalo (laughs) in Age of Ultron and just gave us a little bit more vision in Wanda. Yeah, that is true. I never thought that romance worked. I, it never worked. And I, I'm happy with how the Russo brothers handled it. You know what I mean? Like an Infinity War when they kind of see each other and it's like, oh, Bruce. You know what I mean? Like, and they kind of have like that moment, but then it's like, okay, like, you know, we got to get to work. Yeah, I get you. But I do think the relationship between Vision and, and WandaVision and, and Wanda in WandaVision uh, was portrayed really well. You know, you could really feel, well, first of all, the chemistry is fantastic. Yes. We've been saying it since we started reviewing WandaVision uh, a couple of episodes ago. The chemistry is is incredible, and it really lends itself to the performances uh, that Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen give. I am shocked at how good an actress Elizabeth Olsen... Like, she was great in Wind River, which is really the only Such a other, fantastic movie. Yeah, that, that movie's great if you haven't seen it. Uh, she gives a really good performance in that. That's really the only thing I've seen her in bes- outside of the MCU. I think she had her own show on like Facebook or something. That I don't know if, how well it did, but I don't really recognize her from many things. Yeah, I mean, she she is a great actress, so I really hope that this sort of helps kickstart her career outside of the MCU. I mean, I think she's going to be in the MCU for a long time. Oh yeah, I think. They're, they're I think after the success the of this show, I think she is going to be one of the major players in the MCU, which I'm really excited to see. But her performance, especially in the last, I don't know, two or three episodes, were outstanding. Yes. I thought she, she did a wonderful job of, of portraying this character's grief and her expression of it. And Paul Bettany was fantastic. You know, start to finish... Uh, them uh, alongside Catherine Hahn were were all incredible, and you I mean, could really tell Catherine Hahn really enjoyed uh, playing Agatha. Yeah, she said today I think that she uh, she hopes that that's not the last that we see of her. And I actually want to touch on that really quick. I'm very satisfied that they didn't kill her character off. Yeah, I'm glad. I think Marvel, you know, started to learn their lesson. I think killing off the villains. Yeah, and I think, too, that they're kind of setting something up. Um, you know, we've spoke about it before on the co- on the podcast that, you know, if you, in the comic books, uh, Agatha is like a mentor kind of to the Scarlet Witch. You know, she teaches her some things, and we kind of saw a little bit of that. You know, she was showing her, uh, you know, not intentionally, you know what I mean? But she was showing her some things in this show. Um, but, you know, maybe down the road, Maybe even even in Doctor Strange too, we might even see you know Wanda might come back to her to you know learn something or get gain knowledge on something. You know what I mean? Like I, I could definitely see them doing that. I mean, they do definitely set it up with some of the dialogue they have. 
Yeah, it's set up perfectly. I mean, that's why I was very happy that they didn't kill her off. Just for that reason alone. I mean, you know, I don't I also don't think that we need to kill off every fucking bad guy, but um but yeah, that was a very good way to do that. Agreed. Agreed. I, w- I was really happy with with her performance. I do think the character could have been touched upon a little more. I think maybe an extra episode would have benefited the show a little bit more, but I'm still happy with how with how it ended more or less. Um I think my favorite part about the episode though is probably the interactions between Vision and uh White Vision. Oh yes, I love that. I think the way that they resolved the conflict between the two was incredibly creative. It was very Vision-esque. Yeah, right? Like w- that's literally the perfect way to have two visions sort of resolve their conflict. And it was like a philosophical it was kind of funny too. Uh, conversation. Like some of the um, some of the responses that White Vision was uh, saying was uh, you know it had some good moments. It did, it did. Um, and I thought it was a again. I thought it was a perfect way to resolve a conflict between the two characters. And I like when Marvel sort of resolves these fights in creative ways. Like like I like I love the ending to uh, Doctor Strange where Doctor Strange realizes there's no way in hell he's going to beat Dormammu, so he has to sort of you know, outwit him with a You know, a lot stone. of people don't like that. Really? I love that. Yeah, I like that. I think I, I, I always like those creative I mean, villain <laughs> takedowns. Guardians when he, uh, the dance off. See, like, universe. like that is kind of dumb, but I think since it's played so like earnestly and like because of the style of the Guardians, like the style of humor of Guardians, I think it works. Yeah, you can't but just, ba- just barely. Like what? if Cap, if, if Iron Man or Cap like starts fucking dancing towards the end to you know, yeah, it's to just win a fight, sense. I'll be like, but I think what? because it's the Guardians, I think you know, it, it, and it, it, we don't take it too seriously. I think it works in its favor. But again, yeah, if it was like Cap or Iron Man or like Thor doing that, then it's like okay, this is just kind of cringe. Well, I could see Thor like maybe doing it as like a distraction or kind of thing, and then he fucking just grabs his hammer or whatever. I mean, but but fucking... that's what they do in Guardians. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like I could see Thor kind of doing it, but not so blatantly like they do. He's, yeah, his would be more of a distract. I mean, it is a distraction, but I don't know. I think Thor would handle it a little bit differently and more aggressively. Yeah. But I mean, again, it was it was cool watching Vision, uh, Ben Shapiro, White Vision, you know, destroy him with facts and logic. That was actually. And then great. the two just sort of ponder over, you know, this sort of like existential question, and you know, White Vision flies away after being given the memories of regular Vision, which we actually spoke about last episode. I remember you asked me how I would feel if. Vision were to survive the series. And I think after this episode, I'm s I am want to switch sides. Welcome welcome to this to this side over here, brother. <laughs> the grass is much greener over here. <laughs> I I'm glad Vision is alive with his old memories. And I'm happy he sort of flew away. But I'm ex- I mean, we know Paul Bettany's gonna be back, right? Like, yeah, this guy he loves this shit. He absolutely loves playing Vision. I think he's one of the better characters in the MCU, and I think he definitely deserves to be in more uh, upcoming films. 
And it's definitely going to be touched upon as to why he left without, you know, saying anything to Wanda. Because he has his memories. Yeah, there's something going on. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this character goes. Because he literally just dips out of Westview. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did he Um, fly out of the hex? Like. Yeah, because the hex was already like exposed at that point, so I think he just dipped. Yeah, probably true. But uh, I I really did like uh, Bettany's portrayal of White Vision, and it looks like he was trolling the entire time. Yeah, no, he was definitely talking about himself. Yeah, and I, I mean, he fooled it. us. He fooled us too. Made us look like idiots on this show. Yeah, we were fucking saying like Al Pacino, maybe Michael <laughs> Fassbender, Ian McKellen. Like <laughs> we did say Al Pacino. Patrick Stewart. Dude, we said Al Pacino, we said Fastbender, we said Ian McKellen, we said I said Patrick Stewart. I was very like confident at one point it was gonna be Patrick Stewart. Yeah, our fucking theories were insane, but we were very spot on for a lot of it. We we were, dude. I think we really were going in the right direction. Yeah, I saw yeah. a tweet uh, earlier that was like. <laughs> Said the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he was in WandaVision. <laughs> That's actually so true. <laughs> Made me laugh. You know what I but, um I really loved about that interaction with Vision and White Vision? My brother made a good point about it, and I totally agree. He says that like you know, that discussion that they have, it really shows how human vision is and that he might be the most human character or superhero in the mcu and he's not at all you know what i mean yeah it's a good point and i i very much agree with that and i love that they do that with him it's like yeah. he really it's like this guy really appreciates like you know life i think his disconnection from humanity in a way does make him more human you are right yeah, I, I love that about his character. Hmm, good point. That's why I have you on the show. <laughs> you know, every I just once come in, in while to, you, to make good points and agree. Every once, <laughs> every once in a while, you drop some knowledge <laughs> in between nodding your head. <laughs> so uh, I was a big fan of the season finale, however, and the season in general. However, I will say it was not perfect. There were a handful of things I didn't like or I feel could have been portrayed a little better. And that boils down to three main things. First, I don't think the Ralph Boner reveal really landed. Not at all. Not At least not with me. I think, like, I understand its purpose in the series, especially as a you know, on a, a weekly episodic sort of thing. Uh, the whole mystery about, you know, whether this is the real Quicksilver or not. I understand that. I think if the show would have been released, like Netflix does, like uh, all the episodes drop at the same time, I don't think it would have, I think it would have worked even less because the mystery sort of fades uh, since you're not waiting weekly for episodes. But I just don't think the fake out landed. You know, I, I am a fan of the Iron Man 3 fake out with Mandarin. But I do know it, it's not well received among fans. Leading Marvel to eventually retcon that. Or sort of retcon it. You know with a little short showing that the Mandarin is real. And you now he's going to be in Shang-Chi. But 
I don't know. I just don't think this Ralph Boner reveal it just it just didn't really land. You know, it's kind of disappointing to see a show that apparently stressed you know the multiverse so much, or at least the conversation around it. You know, stressed uh, the fact that the multiverse was so important just to sort of throw that opportunity away. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but I'm going to give Marvel and Kevin Feige a pass or I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because, and I don't know if you saw this, um, the WandaVision director, I forget his name, shit. Um, Matt, Matt Shackman. He, I believe that's his name. Yeah, he came out and said something along the lines of, "This may not be the last time we see Evan Peters in the Marvel or in the MCU." Something along those lines. Um, really? Yeah. So I'm gonna assume that the Ralph Boner thing might just be like them trying to throw us off or I mean maybe it is maybe it is Ralph Boner you know at the end of the day and we're not going to touch on it at all but he did kind of tease that so I'm I'm wondering if maybe he'll show up in uh in Doctor Strange 2 but you know what this you know you know what this does that you know what this makes me believe you know that that Ralph Boner thing I I really think that Tom Holland is telling the truth now when he says that uh Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are not in Spider-Man 3. You know what? I'm starting to agree as well. I think that they may hint at the multiverse in that movie, but I do not think that it's going to be a Spider-Verse movie, which I'm fine with, which I I actually, at the end of the day, want that because I want Spider-Man to come to his own without needing all this assistance. Agreed. Um, but I do want to see a Spider-Verse movie down the road, like a 100%. Seeing Toby and Andrew come back would be sick. But, um, you know, maybe wait for, like, Spider-Man 4 or something to do that. But, yeah, I, I, a lot of people think that this movie, Spider-Man 3, is going to be a Spider-Verse movie, but I'm pretty convinced now that it's not. I am starting to agree, and I prefer it that way, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I think that they can, if they can do this slowly... Like they have been, you know what I mean. I we thought that we were gonna go gung ho into this multiverse shit with this show, and we didn't. Um, if they can approach this whole multiverse thing kind of slowly, I think it'll work out in the end. I agree. I agree. Take it slow and steady. Sort of. It's introduce... it's also a very confusing, you know, topic. The multiverse. You know what I mean. Like a lot of like you know the, the general audience that doesn't really know comics, that doesn't really know, you know, science or whatever are going to have a hard time wrapping their heads around that. Like, wait, like, there's another universe that, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that if they do this slowly, it'll, you know, it'll, they'll execute it perfectly. Yeah, agreed. So that was my main, or one of my main complaints about the show. You know, the Ralph Boner reveal and the buildup towards that reveal. I don't think anybody liked that, that, uh, that twist. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, second... I don't think the little walk of shame that Wanda does um, after the hex, like she gets rid of the hex, I don't think that was needed <laughs> at all. It felt really out of place. It felt really weird, you know? 
like that whole walk of shame scene leading up to Monica telling her, you know, they'll never realize what you sacrificed for them. And it's like, eh, should you be like, <laughs> I mean, you did kind of hold them hostage for, well, I don't know, potentially weeks. Yeah. Like, and we then don't know the extent. They were having nightmares, you know, her nightmare. Like, it, it is a pretty evil situation. It is a fucked up situation. Right? Like, Wanda definitely did some fucked She's up in the shit wrong. throughout WandaVision. She Absolutely. is very like, much she in the not... wrong. Just because she saved the day doesn't mean that she gets a pass. Exactly. Like, there definitely needs to be, you know, some ramification for what she did. And Monica telling her that, like, I understand why she told her that. Because, I mean, it was a sacrifice for Wanda in a way. But you still kidnapped, you know, hundreds of people against their will. And, you know forbade them from seeing their families and shit like that you know <laughs> their and kids like, also, were like asleep for fucking weeks at a time yeah and also exactly and like why did wanda walk down that road if she was just gonna fly away <laughs> in her scarlet witch outfit anyways yeah i i actually never thought about it but it is a little bit i don't want to say forced but it's just you know it kind of it's definitely forced scene. it definitely felt really out of place yeah like, I don't know what they were trying to achieve with that, other than, I guess, they want... I mean, maybe they did it because they want us to see, like, okay, like, Wanda fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, she... She she did something bad. And when we see that post credit scene of her, you know, spoilers, if you're still fucking listening, then I don't know. But... With her reading the dark hold, you know, there is potential that she could be the bad guy of Doctor Strange too. Or at least, you know, for the first half of the movie. Um So maybe that's like something that they were trying to allude to. I I don't know if you agree. I mean, if they were, it was a weird way of doing it. But uh I really other than that, I can't think of any logical reason as to why they had that scene. Yeah, really weird. Um, also, I just brought up her outfit. That last costume is fantastic. So badass. I'm glad she has like a proper Scarlet Witch costume and not just like normie clothes anymore. Oh, I hate the normie clothes. Yeah, agreed. Like it, it, it just like it, it was weird to see like that in um an Endgame. You know, we see Spider Man all dressed up in his Infinity War suit. We see. Iron Man in his nanotech suit, you know, everyone's in these like badass suits and she's wearing a fucking jacket and like <laughs> she's wearing a jacket and fucking tight ass jeans. Like even fucking Hulk had a shirt on. <laughs> so it was like like I wish that she had this outfit for that, but I mean I'm happy with, you know, how it played out in the end. But yeah, definitely yeah. kind of happy. Alright, I I I'm very excited for this uh for this costume. Very comic book accurate, the fucking you know the tiara or whatever you want to call that. I thought you know the hood I mean? was a very nice touch too. The hood at the end. Oh yeah, the hood was badass. But like the tiara, you know, the crown, the whatever you want to call that piece of the head, uh, you know, that's attached to the costume. It looks fucking sick because it's one of those things that you're like, how can you make that not look corny in in live action? And they did a fantastic job not making it look corny. Like she looks fucking. That's scary, but she looks threatening with this fucking with this outfit. Yeah, agreed. Um, and the last thing 
that I think was really weak in regards to the show. I think the character of Hayward was just really underdeveloped. Uh, and I don't think he really landed as a villain. You know, yeah, he just he sort of like super... wants vision and then he pulls up into the hex and starts shooting kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like kind of well, weird. Okay, like what I want to understand though is like why is he going to prison? Like cuz he's an asshole. Yeah, but you don't go to prison for being an asshole. Very true. Like th- did he do I know he was shooting at the kids, but like you can make a case that they were all threats. And you could also make the case that they're not real. <laughs> yeah, that too. So Well, he did shoot at Monica. Well, no, he shot at the kids and then Monica jumped in. Yeah, so like like what exactly did he do? I mean, he was the director. You know what I mean? Like he it's not like he was doing some evil shit. Like he I think he really thought every, you know, decision and choice that he made was for the greater good. Yeah. I think if you just look at it like from an outside perspective, I don't think Sword really influenced a lot of the events that happened inside West for you a lot. Like I think you could remove Hayward and as much as I love the character of Jimmy Woo, I think you could remove all of those characters from the narrative and it still be pretty much the same story. Just oh, yeah. devoted I mean, much more did, towards Wanda. Darcy didn't really have much to do with this show at all either. I mean, she kind of got this, you know, she was a help, like a really good stepping stone in the beginning of the of the show when they finally give us, it was episode three or four. It was four. Uh, when they finally give us, you know, information on what the fuck is happening. She's very much a good stepping stone into that because she explains a lot and dumbs a lot of things down for us. But what did like she didn't really play a big part. I mean, she was in the last episode for maybe two seconds and all she said was, you know, have fun in prison, asshole, or something like that. Yeah, what, it's like what, what they was definitely the, felt like what was the devices. purpose of her? Like she was a character that they brought back for a reason and it really wasn't that big of a deal they could have gave that character to anybody yeah they definitely they definitely just felt like plot devices uh which i think really negatively impacted the narrative of wandavision not enough to you know take away from my enjoyment of the show I, i'm still a big fan of the series it's one of my favorite things Marvel i think it's top five for out. me honestly it might be top three for me because it's it's just it 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 Marvel took a chance. Like, let's be honest. Like I said earlier, the whole sitcom thing, and, you know, they took a lot of chances with this show. And it really, it, it it performed well. I had a fantastic time watching each and every episode and theorizing. And, you know, I, I haven't had this much fun since, you know, Infinity War, since Endgame. It was a lot of fun to watch this, you know, play out. Yeah. And I was thinking about it after the series had ended i was talking about it with with uh, my brother and he brought up a really good point i love him <laughs> dr strange better have a good ass reason for not showing up to fucking westview man but that that's the thing that i hate like thinking about because it's like we don't need all these different superheroes to like have to butt in but i know and with everything that happens though from this point forward in the MCU, you can make that argument for Doctor Strange for everything. I know, but Doctor Strange like specifically specializes in magic threatening, uh, you know, the planet. <laughs> like, okay, like let's put it this way: 
So, like, Doctor Strange basically doesn't do shit when Wanda has Westview under control and Agatha starts fucking things up. But the second Loki and Thor look up, like, arrive on Earth to look for their dad, Strange pulls up and is like, oh, hold up. Yeah, like, you need to get the fuck off our planet. Yeah, like, you get me? Like, it just feels like something on the scale that Wanda did specifically okay. because of its magic. I have an it idea, It just makes though. sense that he would show up, you know? I, I have a... Not an idea. I have a theory as to what they're going to do. They're going to pull... theories? They're going to pull... They're going <laughs> to pull a Thor Ragnarok with Doctor Strange too, And the movie's going to start off with him just like Thor Ragnarok. Remember how in Thor Ragnarok he was, like, locked in the little... Uh, and the you know the cell thing or whatever went. Who was the who was the bad guy at the beginning of the movie? In Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, the the devil looking guy. Um, Surtur. Yeah. Um. You know, Thor pretty much tells the audience like that he's been out and about in space and you know looking for the Infinity Stones, not really having good luck, and it kind of gives you a reason as to why he wasn't really having a presence on earth why he didn't really have a presence with the guardians you know because this is a cosmic being that can kind of pull up to anything so they give you a reason as to why he didn't maybe they're going to do something that was strange strange might be like hey like i've been doing this in another universe so i've been you know out in space trying to handle this or they can they can do whatever the fuck they want and that might be a good enough explanation for us as to why he didn't show up I guess. I mean, they're definitely going to have an explanation. It's just, you know, he better have a good-ass reason. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your excuse better be fucking... It better not be my dog ate my homework. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> the dog ate the dark hold. <laughs> well, Wanda has it. She'd be studying. Yeah, man. That was a badass fucking post-credits scene. It was. I, I really like that. And, and the Doctor Strange theme was playing in the background. Yes, I was gonna say that. I love that. A lot of people did not notice it. I uh, yeah, I had to explain it to like the people I watched it with. I, someone made a video that like, or it's you know, you just you listen to the Doctor Strange theme from the movie, and then you watch the scene over with uh, in WandaVision. It's it's the same melody, just darker, you know, a darker tune to it. Yeah, that that is true. It definitely felt a little bit more. Sinister. Eerie and scary. And, and it was interesting seeing the two post credit scenes because, I mean, one obviously is very clearly setting up Captain Marvel 2 with the scroll telling Monica, hey, you know, he wants to talk to you, which I'm pretty sure she's talking about Nick Fury. Yeah, that's what I got from that. And then obviously, you know, the post post credit scene setting up Multiverse of Madness. Um, we hear Billy and Tommy, you know, calling their mother for help, which is interesting because uh, we thought they were fake. No, I mean, I had, I, I said, you know, episodes ago, I thought, I, I, I thought it would play out differently, but I definitely was on the right track thinking that Billy or Tommy and Billy, um, were here to stay or we're going to have a presence in the future. Oh, I definitely think they're, they're definitely going to be in the Young Avengers. Yeah. They're definitely setting that up. Um, especially with, you know, this Hawkeye series coming up. Yeah. Kate Bishop. You know, you know, Peter Parker, I know, is still young. They can maybe bring him into that. And if they don't, you know, they still have time to introduce Miles. The future is bright. And, uh, but yeah, I definitely thought Wiccan and Speed were here to stay. So I was happy to see that. 
Now I just I wonder what the fuck is going on. Like where where is she hearing this from? Like where are they? You know what I mean? Like what what is going on? Yeah, I was gonna say like maybe it is Mephisto and you know, the the film revolves around Strange and Wanda like I don't know, going to hell or going to a multiverse to get the kids back, but I would rather them save that plot for a Doctor Doom solo movie or series. You know, with showing his origin. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's like a, a classic, I don't know if you know it, but the classic, you know, Doom and Strange storyline where Doom goes back, goes into hell with Strange to uh, retrieve his mother's soul after Mephisto stole it. And, um, you know, I'm not going to spoil what happens in, in the storyline, but, you know, it's one of the most important things that happens in Doom's life and his story. And it's it's a really, really good story. So I don't want to see them use that same thing for Wanda, you know? Yeah. Because I do think Doom deserves his own origin. I think for a, a character like Doom, you need an origin for him. He needs like an, an Infinity War. Not even, I think he needs something longer that he needs to always be a presence. Yeah, well, I'm just saying like how like Infinity War is pretty much Thanos's movie. Oh yeah, yeah. he needs. So, I think he needs a solo movie straight up. I would be down. Or with even that. a Disney Plus series that shows his origins because there is a lot that goes into him. I think a movie really becoming be better. I would be fine with a movie. I think a movie, but damn, bro, that would be so sick. I mean. Loki is kind of, sort of, the first bad guy solo thing we're getting. If we even want to consider him a bad guy, I don't even know what to label him as. <clears throat> um, so if they were to do a Doctor Doom movie, that would be fucking sick. Yeah, indeed. I, I mean, I'm all about movies, you know, bad guy movies, bad guy solo stories. Yeah, I mean, I think really Doom is is the one who deserves it. The most deserves more opinion. than Venom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Venom's I, barely even a villain in in that movie. Yeah, Venom is a f- fantastic, awesome, super. I mean, badass he's really not villain. even that bad in the comics anymore. Yeah, he's a uh, he's more of an anti-hero now in the comic books. Yeah, but he's a great villain. He's like, don't get me wrong, probably one of the best villains, top twenty like of all time in comic books, but. I don't think that he has enough depth to him to get his own movie, and they kind of were like shoving that series Damn, down our top throats. Top twenty, you think? Venom, yeah, man. That's a little high. I'm just talking strictly out of like popularity, out of like like I, don't I'm not... I don't think I would put him top twenty if I'm being honest. Okay, this I'll make a list one day, but it's not going to be on this episode. But. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, you know, he's a lot of people's favorite villain. Um, he's very popular. Even like before the movie, even before even before Spider Man three, you know, back in the day. Yeah, he was always he, one of Spidey's, you know, you bigger know, arch enemies. There's no yeah, he just denying he it. just doesn't have enough to, to, to get his own film. Doctor uh Doom does. One hundred percent. Like, there's so many better villains that can get their own solo stories. I don't think Venom needs it, but, I mean, they're fucking giving him, like, an anti-hero story, so whatever. Yeah, sure. So, I think to sort of wrap up, you know, our thoughts on the WandaVision finale, I was a big fan. I don't think it's perfect. 
And I think that really goes for my uh, opinion of the series as a whole. Very good. But again, not perfect. A few little things here and there uh, that I think ultimately uh, drag down uh, the narrative of the series. But nonetheless, still very, very, very enjoyable. I mean, I had a wonderful time with it. I think it pretty much met my high expectations. And I'm really excited to see where this character goes and where the rest of the Disney Plus uh, MCU shows go. Because in about uh, two weeks, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier coming. Yeah, next week, Friday. Yeah, which I'm really excited for. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So WandaVision... I mean, if you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this, <laughs> I highly, highly recommend. Uh, you can read my written review on it uh, on our website, InsideBacklot.com. Uh, let's go over a, a little bit more, you know, of what I thought. Anything else you want to say, John? No, I mean, I, I, I'm on the same page. I mean, I rated the move or the show on Letterboxd a 4.5 out of 5. Um I, I would probably give it a 5 out of 5 had they not did the Ralph Boner twist, you know, had maybe someone, not going to just say Doctor Strange, somebody important at the, like, showed up at the end. Um, but that was also my expectations going into it, but it's okay. You know, I still, like I said, I mean, we both agreed top 5 in the MCU, like, it's, it's great storytelling, so highly, highly, highly recommend. I loved it. Very good. So that was our WandaVision review. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Disney's newest animated film, Raya and the Last Dragon. So we'll talk about it uh, spoiler-free for a little bit before we go into spoilers, because it is a relatively new film, and not everyone has uh, had a chance to go watch it yet. Uh, John, what do you think about the movie? Um, I liked it a lot. Not, I'm not going to get into spoilers right away. Um, I will say that I love the act, the first act. I thought the second act lacked a little bit. And I really loved the third act. Um, so all in all, I thought it was really good. I thought Raya was a fantastic character. Um, Aquafina's character, I forgot. I already forgot the name. Um, Sisu? Yeah, she was hysterical. You know, I was laughing a bunch in this movie. It was a very good Disney film. It, it kind of gave me a little bit of Moana vibes. I don't think it was as good as Moana. Um, but it reminded me of a lot of it. Like, a lot of it reminded me of that of that film. I, I don't know if you agree with me, but it, I, I did get a little bit of Moana vibes. Like, more of an Asian Moana vibes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Is that all? I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that's it. I, I thought you were going to counter. Okay. So it looks like you uh, were a little warmer towards the film than I was. I think it's a good film. I really enjoyed my time with it. I think the story was lacking, in my opinion. Um, and I'll get to that a little later. I want to talk about the good of the film before I go ahead and talk about uh, what I thought it did a little poorly. So let me start off by saying this might honestly be the most beautifully 3D animated film I have ever seen. Oh, 100%. And 
props to the fucking team that made this because they did it all. I don't know if you know this. Every single thing in this film was done from home. Really? Yeah, they did it all no from home because of COVID. So wow. imagine that, man. That makes that makes it all that much more impressive. This goes back to my theory that people are just more productive when they work from home, man. Yeah. It's like, I mean, the film just looks absolutely beautiful. And John, I, I, I'm pretty sure you watched this on Disney Plus Premiere, right? Premier yeah. Access. So I watched this film in theaters. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched it in theaters. Um, Where's the AMC? Yeah, so the AMC that, that we go to uh, with social distancing guidelines, I will say no it was the most packed I've seen in movie theaters since pre-COVID. Do you get COVID from, from being there? No, everything was very... No, AMC does a really good job. Yeah, everything was very, uh, you know, everything was sanitized like before we walked in. There was no, I think myself and Sydney were probably the only... Like, it was us and then another couple on our row, and they were, like, literally on the opposite side of the row. And it was maybe, like, two groups per row, but, like, the groups were, like, pretty, like, you know, maybe, like, five people. The theater wasn't packed by any means, but I have been to the theaters a handful of times uh, because at least the the one that we go to is usually empty, and they do a very good job of, of you know, following these social distancing guidelines. And um, it was the most people I've seen in a theater since um, COVID started. So I'm interested to see, you know, how it performs at the box office. Because I thought uh, this film was going to severely underperform. Well, not severely, but I thought it was going to underperform. So I watched it on a big screen, you know. And it was stunningly beautiful i mean everything from the the animation of the water to the way the fabrics of the clothes look so fucking realistic to the fur of the dragons yes it was it was incredible i think the lighting and the shading was legit like there were times where i kind of like zoned out listening to some of the dialogue because i was literally just looking at some of the backdrops that these characters were in, it was stunningly good. Dude, it looked very realistic. At, like, scary how realistic they can make this world. I know I mentioned times. it, uh, I think, during when I was saying our top, uh, during our top 10 films of 2020, when we were talking about Soul, I mentioned how good Soul looked in a different sort of way, where Soul really looked almost photorealistic at times. So it's a different sort of style. But this was, my goodness, it was the art direction, the shading, it was, oh my goodness, like, again, absolutely beautiful. I just wish that the story and, like, the film's narrative would have matched, you know, the beauty of the visuals. I think... You know, it was the same kind of story we've seen a million times. You know, our hero goes and does a series of fetch quests and then it sort of, like, resolves itself, you know, by the end of the film. I wrote in my review, I wrote a review for, for Raya as well on our on our website. I think the film... InsideBacklot.com. InsideBacklot.com. 
I think our, the film uh, would have been much better suited as a Disney Plus series. Because I got a lot, of, I got a lot of Avatar vibes from this. I don't know if you did. Yes, I agree. You know, with like the warring sort of tribes going on in Kumandra mm-hmm. and whatnot, and and our hero going and trying to unify and get bits and pieces, getting bits and pieces from each tribe, and it reminded me a lot of Avatar in some ways. And I think the lore that the film sort of t- like like teases, I think, would have been much better, um, like fleshed out. If it was expanded into like, I don't know, maybe like a five, six hour series rather than a movie that was barely two hours, you know, I don't even think it hit two hours. Yeah, I'm I pretty think, sure it was like an hour and 50, an hour and 45 maybe. Yeah, I think um, pretty much every single character besides Raya is severely underdeveloped, especially Namari, I think. Namari, without you know giving away spoilers, I think is a character that really needed uh, more development to make her arc really work, and I don't think it really landed with me. Okay. So I wasn't too like I, I think the, I think it's a good movie. I just wasn't in love with it, like. I am with some of the other more recent Disney films. I'm a huge fan of Moana. I think Tangled, Moana, and Princess of the Frog are three of the best Disney animated films ever. And those have all come out more or less pretty recently. Frozen? No. I think out of all... I I mean, Frozen is good, don't get me wrong. Like, this is better than Frozen 2, definitely. Yeah. I could... I would have... I would... I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I like it more than Frozen One. I, I would say I liked it that. about as much as Frozen One. Maybe more, to be quite honest. Like Frozen is great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I think it's kind of overrated, especially compared to films like Tangled and Princess and the Frog, which I think are much better. Yeah. So, again, I I like the film. I just didn't love it but I think if it was a series I think I would have you know absolutely been all over it and I want to give a shout out to uh, Kelly Marie Tran who was fantastic as Raya I thought she gave a wonderful performance and really everyone gave a great performance uh, Yama Chan was great um Daniel Wong was, was really good in his role. Daniel Day Kim was really good. Uh, really, all around, the, the voice acting was really good. Um, I think Aquafina was great, although you mentioned you found Sisu hilarious. I found her to be almost kind of irritating at times, especially towards the beginning. Um, a lot of her like jokes just didn't really land with me at first, but she did get better as the film went on. I think you have also had like maybe needed to like get more comfortable with the character because i i definitely at first was a little like huh like with some of the jokes in the beginning um but i think that i got really used to the character and aquafina's like sense of humor and that's what made me start to really enjoy her performance i guess i don't know i just felt like the jokes at the beginning were just like a little too forced and like cringe but, again, she did get better as the film went on. 
Um, but yeah, those are those are my thoughts on the film, as spoiler free as I can get. Really, do you want to go ahead and, and dive into spoilers a little bit, or? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, spoilers for Ryan the Last Dragon starting right now. Um, so is everyone just cool with like f- the Fang Nation sort of like fucking everything up? That's what I said at the end. I was like, wait, so like we're all just gonna like give them a pass? Like it's it's all good now? Like- yeah, like what's up with that? Like they literally, I mean, the way that I could like see it rationalized is that like you know everyone pretty much tried to take the orb. Fang was just the one that fucked it up first. So it's like, yeah, but uh, it still feels kind of cheap, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think then, um, the film tried to, I don't, I'm not going to say try too hard, but they tried to, like, how can I word this? You know, wanted to give off this whole thing where, you know, everybody can, can change. But it gets to a certain point where I'm like, the people from Fang, the, you know, the Fang Nation... Um, especially, uh, what's her face? The, you know, the main, yeah, you know, she like broke their trust, like what, two, three different times, like throughout the movie. And I'm like, dude, after the first time, like you do not trust this girl. Like, I don't blame Raya for fucking hating her. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and and they kept, you know, trying to like, dude, she'll change. Trust me. She was a believer. Like, I don't, it it was a little, you know, a, a little unrealistic, I feel like, but. I I get it. It's Disney. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't really buy when Namari shoots Sisu, and then Namari's like, "Bro, you're like just at fault, like for her death as I am," and it's like, "What? No, not really. Not near. Yeah. Not not close." Yeah, you know, it doesn't. I don't know. That just didn't really make sense to me. Also, like, I don't know. I think Namari was kind of. If I was Raya. I think my favorite part of the film was watching that bloodlusted Raya pull up on Namari once uh, Namari uh, kills Sisu. I could have watched the whole 90 minutes of just Raya going to each, like, nation and just fucking people up. Yeah. You know, um, I thought that whole sequence was actually really good and really well animated. I think the action actually was really good. Yeah, I had a... It was very satisfying to watch sometimes yeah because I, I, I think it's just how well the animation and the art was in this film it's just it was fucking fun to look at i feel yeah, like i was, was playing a video game yeah it was all really fluid uh so i really enjoyed that part also um the baby character in the film uh i thought it was actually really good dude that thing creeped the hell out of that me. shit cracked me up bro him and the, and the little monkeys yeah, it was funny, hilarious. but I was like, yo, this thing is, like, kind of terrifying. Like, babies in these sort of movies, it's, like, really easy to make baby characters, like, really annoying. And that's usually what the case is. Um, that didn't happen in this, you know? I found the baby actually enjoyable. It's probably one of the better characters in the movie, to be quite honest. Yeah, I know the um, the armadillo slash... Tuk Tuk? The thing that was around. Yeah, Tuk Tuk. Yeah. I know that was a big fan favorite a lot with a lot of uh you know kids and, and You know he was people. voiced by Alan Tudyuk, right? <laughs> no way. I swear, yeah. Look at the look at the cast. <laughs> okay, that's actually great. He like grunts like maybe four times. <laughs> that's fucking amazing that they brought him in just to do that. 
It's so good. I, I saw, um, you know, you, you would probably have to Google it because you're, you're already younger than me. You know, my, my age is in a show right here. But I liked a review on... Um, you're like two uh, years older than me. Yeah. I'm very wise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I saw a review on um, Letterboxd that uh, David Sims, his, that's his name. I have it pulled up right here. Um, he put... I'm assuming Tuk Tuk is hom- uh, is an, uh, is a homage. Is that how you pronounce that, or is it homage? I, I know that's a very <laughs> controversial. Uh... <laughs> what do you say? Homage. Okay, I'm just making sure. That's what that's what I said first. Homage. <laughs> Homie, homage. It's pronounced uh, quick satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he says. I'm assuming Tuk Tuk is an homage to the Mega Man X villain Armored Armadillo, and I respect that. And I love that because I was the entire time I was like, bro, he reminds me of something. And I can't figure out why or what he reminds me of. I fucking started reading some reviews of people what people were saying on Letterboxd, and I saw that and I was like, Wow, perfect. This is exactly what was on my mind. And if you don't know, Google it. Like, I don't know, it just very much reminds me of that uh of that villain from Mega Man X. Hmm, interesting. I, I never, that. I never played Mega Man. I wasn't too into Mega Man, so I literally was googling it as you because were talking you were about born it. Born in like 2008. <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> this guy's 13 years old, man. Hello. <laughs> That's my real voice. I'm, oh, I'm actually using is. a voice changer right now on the podcast. I know you are. Since the very beginning, <laughs> to make my voice sound deeper. But yeah, I mean, if you're a Mega Man fan, I feel like um, you probably you could definitely see the uh, you know the correlation between those two. Um, I was thinking, oh, while I was watching this movie, what was the last? I forgot to look it up. What was the last Disney animated film? Was it Frozen Two? Not counting Pixar. Um. Yeah, I would say it's probably Frozen. Right? Is that that seems like it was so long ago though? When was that? Twenty nineteen. Frozen two was that twenty nineteen? It might have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Frozen two was twenty nineteen. Was that the last Disney animated film? Well, was Spies in the Spies in Disguise count? No. Or was that like a Fox thing? I mean, like a real Disney animated film. Yeah. Okay. So that was a Fox thing. I have it pulled up here. Yeah, Frozen Two. Wow. Really? Almost two years later. Kind of crazy. And when we when we talk about original films, it might have it's probably even longer than that. Well, no, clearly is longer than that. But yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I I enjoyed the film. I didn't quite love it, but I think. in another multiverse where, you know, it's a little longer, you know, like a show or something, I think I would be all over this thing. Yeah, I think that's why I didn't... <clears throat> like, I liked it a lot. I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. I, a, a big portion of that, like I said, was the first and third act of the film and very much the uh, art style and animations. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the second act was lacking... Uh, but I guess, you know, now that we've spoken about it, I think it was because we needed a little bit more 
like depth to these nations. Like I thought that was, yeah, like you said, like a show would actually, you know, dedicate an episode or two to each nation or something, make a little mini series, and it would fucking be fantastic. Like you could, de- I could definitely see like a shit ton of spinoffs of from this show ending up on Disney Plus. Yeah, especially with the dragons. The dragons are very, uh, you know, I could see like they're very kid friendly, like with the way they look, and I could see a lot of kids like really loving these uh, these dragons and how they were animated. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely spawn like a kid show, maybe uh, something that's a little more adulty. Definitely a lot of uh, a lot of interesting places they can go from here i'd rather see that than a zootopia show if i'm being honest i've i don't think i've ever seen zootopia so i can't really judge yeah also why didn't uh raya's dad jump in the river with her because he fucked his leg up he would have probably died would he have i don't know i think it's worth a shot I mean, he got shot in the leg. I mean, this is the, so what, it I just think, goes away I when he turns to stone? He was gambling on his daughter being able to save them. So I feel like he made a good choice. Like, yeah, it's, either, it's either I die here or, or I'm frozen forever, but she gets to live on, or I go with her, but with the chance of me dying. And not being able to ever get or being able to be saved, even if she saves a day. I mean, think about it. If Joel from The Last of Us can get stabbed in the abdomen <laughs> and live, I'm pretty sure uh, Chief Benja could have, you know, survived a little jump in the river. I actually liked his character. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was. Badass. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I would be cool with, uh, you know, maybe like an origin story for him. What about a uh, a baby origin story? <laughs> It'd be terrifying, just, but yeah. It's just, it's just a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> you have problems. <laughs> you know what, honestly, you know what uh, a lot of this movie reminded me of? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen these shorts on YouTube, but Overwatch makes a lot of shorts for their characters and there's one short that they made for either Hanzo or Genji for all the gamers out there that play Overwatch. Um, Dead game. <laughs> but uh, they have a, a short that with, with those two characters because they're brothers and a lot of the style reminded me of that short. I, I kind of want you to watch it after this episode. Um, Send it to me. I'll watch it. Yeah, we can watch that. It's it, it reminds me a lot of of, the, of this movie. So especially in the beginning when they were like fighting um, to save the rock or whatever you want to call it, it, it I was getting vibes from that. Uh, from the that Dwayne Johnson. Short. <laughs> yeah, he he appeared. And he had his eyebrow raised and all. <laughs> um. Anything else you want? I mean, that's pretty much everything I have to say about Raya. Anything else you want to add? What did you rate it out of five? I gave it a 3.5, but that's a little generous. I, I I think that's a good rating. I mean, the story wasn't horrible. It could have been better, but the animation itself really fucking made that movie. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned that in the review that the reason I have it out of 3.5 is because the animation, like so many different facets of it were so good. 
yeah, that I are like really when we judge these animated score. movies that that has to play a big factor into it. Yeah, More so than judging like the CGI of a film. Yeah, for, or like, at least a like movie. at least like something as big and and uh, like something on this scale. Like it looks so good. I think you you really have to make a point out of it. You know. I totally agree. So um, that's our review of uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. Pretty good film. I definitely recommend it. I think uh, it's a must-watch due to the visuals alone. Um, but the story's not that bad. You're right. You know, it definitely doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the film. It's definitely watchable. And uh, as uh, John and I's uh, stamp of approval. So that's Ryan the Last Dragon. You can watch that on Disney Plus Premier Access. I think it's like $30. Yeah, which is worth bucks. it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the animation alone is totally worth it. Seeing that in like <clears throat> HD, 4K, or whatever. Um, but you know, if you can't if you can't afford it, but if you have a Disney Plus subscription, just wait a couple months. It'll be uh, it'll be available. Yeah, definitely, definitely recommend it. So stay tuned. Think next week. What comes out this week? There's something big that comes out this week. I'm pretty sure. Does Cherry come out this week? Yes, it's Cherry. So, we're going to be reviewing... What? doesn't have a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't. I'm, I can't... I mean, we're still going to watch it, obviously. We're going to review it on the show, but... I mean, I'm excited to see as to why it's not very good. You know? Yeah. Especially because the Russo brothers have made pretty fun and good movies you know winter soldier i thought was fantastic avengers infinity war endgame what else did they do you me dupree <laughs> <laughs> they did make you me and dupree <laughs> yes that's a good movie i actually i enjoy that movie i haven't seen it in forever so i can't really tell you but yeah we have that we're gonna be reviewing cherry um and quite possibly nomadland and minari so Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good episode. And then after that, we'll definitely be talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Godzilla vs. Kong is coming up. The new Bob Odenkirk movie, Nobody. So, um, What about Chaos Walking? No love for that? I mean, we can talk about Chaos Walking. I'll probably watch it. If we see it this week, I'm down to review it. I will probably end up watching it, to be quite honest. Okay, so if I do watch it, then I'm, I'm down to you know throw in a little quick review for that. Okay, agreed. And same thing, I'll probably watch Tom and Jerry also. Um, I, I should have watched it earlier today. Oh. <laughs> when <laughs> watches the first two hours of Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to see if I can find the leak. But then again, I kind of want to... If I want to watch it, I might as well give support to the Zack Snyder, you know, on HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to watch it. So Yeah. Like, um, we're not fans of Zack Snyder, but like... I mean, I like the guy. Dude. He's a good dude. Like I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll show him support. You know? I always, re- I always respect him because he does what he does, unapologetically. So he'll always have my respect for that. Uh, I just don't think his DC films are that good. But yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of Man of Steel. Yeah, I think that's okay. It takes the. I think it is his best one. I think it is his best one. Yeah, I think it. You could argue that it might be his best movie that doesn't have a straight adaptation from a comic book. Probably, but I, I'm excited for his zombie movie. That does look; it actually looks good. Yeah, I think I think that and it I, doesn't really look very much like a Snyder film. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Actually, it's a lot lighter, <laughs> not so uh, you know, black and white or yeah, right. blue, dark blue, and 
black. I don't know. <laughs> so that wraps up uh, this week's episode. Um, make sure to drop a review for this podcast, wherever it is you listen to it. We would very much appreciate it. Spread word. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your mom's friends. Follow us on Instagram at Inside the Backlot on Instagram. And on Twitter at Inside Backlot. And peep our new website, which will be live by the time you listen to this. I know we said that last week, but we had some technical issues. We're liars, website. bro. We're pathological liars. <laughs> we had some technical issues with the website that uh, took a little bit of time to iron out. But we're live with two new reviews. It'll be updated every time a review or podcast is put up. Lots of good stuff on there now. And lots of good stuff coming in the future. So keep an eye on that. Insidebacklot.com. Check it out. And let us know what you think. Catch you guys later.